Get ready for highly caffeinated marketing perspective on the Java with Joe show. Here's your host, Joe Chandler. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Java with Joe. We're glad you're here. Coming to you from beautiful Dallas and uh, here along the Dallas North Tollway. And we're ready to go. I hope you got your um, cup of coffee, sitting back, relaxing, and ready for some good information, good, solid information today. So today we have with us Neil Goro, an attorney, a corporate attorney that um, is ready to bring you some good information. Hello, Neil. How are you? Hi, Joe. How are you doing today? Good. Welcome to our show. Thanks for having me here. I'm excited. All right. So, Neil, before we get started... Um, we ask, what's your favorite cup of coffee? Well, my favorite cup of coffee is actually uh, Vietnamese coffee. And uh, and I, I, I first had Vietnamese coffee when I was in Vietnam a few years ago. And uh, it, it was something that stuck. So almost every day at home, I make myself a, a cup of Vietnamese coffee. That's some good. I, I got to try that because I haven't had any Vietnamese coffee yet. Oh, we might have to get good. together and try it sometime. Awesome, man. And so, Neil, tell us a little bit about you. What do you do within the corporate world when helping businesses? Well, um, my role is to serve as corporate counsel for businesses. So uh, basically, um, I deal with uh, corporate governance, equity and debt financing, contracts. Um, I deal with uh, with securities. So when we have stock offerings, um, basically, I serve as outside general counsel for small businesses that uh, aren't yet at the point where they need to pay somebody full time to take that uh, that legal seat within an organization. Awesome. And so, Neil, uh, the name of your company is um, Goro Law PLLC. Correct. And so. Um, one of the things that people like to know is who is Neil? Where did Neil come from? <laughs> uh, well, I, I came from Harris County, Texas. Uh, no, so I, I was born in Houston. I'm an, I'm, I'm a, a native Texan. Uh, grew up in South Florida. Uh, went to college at University of Central Florida, UCF Knights. Um, and uh, after law school, I ended up coming back to Texas because uh, I missed the the nice weather and the good people. Nice. So that's uh, that's a little bit of uh, of a background from where I came from. I actually dealt with uh, went to some uh, UCF games there in Orlando for a while because when I was in the Navy for that year and a half, I was right there. So I just went to some games and that was some good. That was when they were a lot smaller though. That was yeah. early nineties. Very different these <laughs> days. So Neil, um, in today's world, corporate America has gotten really crazy, and so. We as uh, uh, business owners, we have to understand the way our corporations work and make sure we play within the legal realms that has been laid out by our wonderful government. And we've got to uh, play, you know, we got to make sure we're legal in all aspects. So let's start out with some maybe some good tips you have for a business and how you help them and maybe help them survive. First, help them just survive. Because, you know, right now, some businesses are struggling, Mm-hmm. And sometimes just the right legal move will give them that little spark to get going. Maybe write the right contract, maybe make a tweak here and there, those kind of things. So tell me, uh, let's get started there with a couple of tips and we'll go from there. 
Yeah, well, as you said, uh, business ownership is getting uh, crazy, and uh, there's actually a trend right now with services uh, and and companies going to smaller uh services so like for instance the large consulting firms they're losing they're losing out some of their uh, clients to smaller consulting firms for their services so uh, we've got a lot of uh, we've got a lot of former consultants form uh, attorneys that work for large firms uh, we've got folks like that in in professional services starting small companies so you've got a lot of small business from that and uh, and for these folks Folks, for for any small business, uh, the most important thing that small business owners really need to understand is uh, when you go out and you start offering products or a service to uh, to other businesses or to consumers uh, without having an entity to work underneath, your own assets are not being protected and are subject to to judgment if you get sued. So the most important thing you need is to form an entity and work under that entity. Now, uh, working under that entity doesn't mean that the protection is absolute. LLCs, limited liability companies, they're, they're limited for a reason. They're not fully uh, protected, but the, the protection is limited. Uh, for instance, uh, you're not personally protected if you go out and you uh, fraudulently induce people into entering into an agreement with you. Uh, that fraud is going to usurp the protection of the entity. But if you're operating within the bounds of the law for your business entity, whether it's a, a an LLC or a corporation or a limited partnership or a general partnership, whatever it is, if If you're operating within the bounds of the law, you have the protections that are available uh, pursuant to your state's business statutes. So here in Texas, that's the Business and Organizations Code. And if you're operating within the bounds of the the Business and Organizations Code, you as an owner will be protected uh, pursuant to those statutes for your limited liability company or your corporation. And and that protection is going to be something that you're going to want because every business at some point has litigation to defend and it's how soon after you start are you going to have to defend that litigation now it could be right away if you're not careful and if you don't have an entity that's protecting your own personal assets uh, that litigation could be very very harmful yeah and that's that's very true and the you know I like what you said that there's two different you mentioned before we started the co- our conversation today that there's two different things. There's the corporate entity and the business owner along with his family. And so your realm is just the business and keeping the business. What's best for the business? Explain that. That's a that was a good piece of nugget. Yeah, that that's correct. And and a lot of times uh, we tend to look at family owned businesses kind of uh, as as one uh, one piece, one whole pie, right? But, but that's not really how the law looks at them. Uh, the owners of the entity and the entity itself are two separate people for, uh, for all intents and purposes. So the, the person that I represent and that I focus on is just the entity. Uh, I don't, I don't, 
focus on the the owner's interest in that business. I only focus on the business itself and the biz and the the entity's interest in that business. And uh, and the reason uh, we have to parse these two uh, aspects out is because sometimes we have an owner or the owner uh, whose interest isn't aligned with the interest of the business itself. And uh, and when we have those situations, I can't represent both an owner and the business because we have a conflict of interest and I can only represent one party. So my practice is focused on the business itself and, and all legal aspects of the business. And I like that, that they, because um, what's good for the business is not good for the owner or vice versa. Sometimes that's the case, and and sometimes uh, owners want to engage in some sort of activity or operations uh, that may not be beneficial to the business, especially where where uh, legal aspects are concerned. And when we have that kind of situation, I have to step in and say, no, uh, the business doesn't want that particular activity going on because of these potential repercussions that may arise from from that uh, result. And that's good to know because a lot of people don't think about that. They always, as humans, we have this natural inkling or nature to always want to do what's in our best interest and not think about outside the box what's really good for the business. And when you have more than one person involved, then you start getting those personality conflicts and the business has to be separate. And so thinking about that with partnership and stuff, that can get very complicated. But one of the other things we want to talk about is, um, so your the advice you give is as a general counsel, you look back, keeping it separate. And I think that's a good way to look at it because you're always able to stay outside the box. I, I have to. Uh, in order for me to, to do my job and be effective, I can't find myself uh, having the same aligned interest as the the owners or the uh, executive officers who are the the folks within a, a company that I deal with. Uh, when they come to me and they tell me that there's an issue going on, I have to look at that objectively and say to myself, okay, how how would the corporation view this if the corporation could talk. If the corporation itself could tell me what they think about this, what would the corporation say? So uh, when you've got an entity, obviously that entity doesn't have uh, a, a physical voice. It doesn't have a physical personality. Uh, the entity does have a personality and the entity does have a voice, but that has to be uh, on my back. That can't be coming from the, the ownership of that entity. Okay. And, you know, so with these choices business owners have made, is there one particular that stands out that most business owners make the biggest, maybe even the dumbest mistake, and it's very common? I, I wouldn't say mistakes are necessarily dumb. I, I would say 99% <laughs> of the time uh, mistakes come from lack of experience. Uh, there's a small percentage of the time that mistakes come because of uh, people rushing. And, and it's, not un, it's not uncommon uh, within, within corporate law that you've got clients that are rushing to get deals done for whatever reason or another. Uh, and it's usually because it's 
it's going to be financially beneficial to them. The thing that happens occasionally is I'll get a call from my client um, and and one of the, the officers will say to me, hey, we did this and we negotiated this deal. Um, and I'll say, well, I didn't know about that. You didn't tell me. Uh, and then they'll proceed to to follow that with, now we've got this problem. And <laughs> well, when you've got an attorney that, that you engage and that you pay, but you don't use and you end up going and negotiating your own deals, uh, nine times out of 10, you can expect there's going to be an issue following that conversation. So uh, from that, I would say, before you make any deal, bring Neil in and make sure it's cool and make sure everything's perfect and um, go from there. There are a lot of things that that uh, business owners and, and, and the executives that run businesses don't think of when they're uh, when they're going through the, the deal flow. So when you've got two companies that are that are uh, headed to negotiations or they're in negotiations um, and and you know, you've got one that's wanting to get this deal closed because they're going to make a lot of money, they don't think about, well, you know, what what are some of the challenges legally that we're going to have to deal with uh, regarding this deal? Maybe it's uh, regulatory compliance. Maybe there's some regulations that they don't know about uh, without asking their, their counsel that they're going to have to deal with. Uh, are we talking about some sort of land deal uh, that involves a purchase of, of real estate where the property maybe 50 years ago was used uh, as industrial property and there may be some some waste disposal issues that need to be dealt with mm-hmm. that uh, that a company doesn't know or understand because they've rushed to get a deal done. And I've had that happen in, in, in the past with clients and it's a, it's a huge issue. It's enormous and it costs a lot of money to remediate something like that. Well, at this point, we're going to take a quick break there from here. We're going to go back to our sponsors and allow our listeners to go grab enough cup of coffee, get a refill. Take a listen to our sponsors while you're uh, refilling that cup of coffee. Java with Joe. saying about your company. Today's consumer looks at reviews, making decisions to use your local family business for the first time based on what someone said about their last time. Today's word of mouth is an online review. eEndorsements.com automates it all, systematically asking your customers for reviews at just the right time, even posting on popular platforms, and, I love this, leave video testimonials. Amplify that word of mouth and convert more opportunities. Get started today at eEndorsements.com with two E's and no spaces. eEndorsements is proud to sponsor the Java with Joe show on OBBM with Real Business Solutions, eendorsements.com. Welcome back to Java with Joe. We've been having this great conversation with um, Neil Goro, and I hope you refilled that cup of coffee, maybe even got that Vietnamese coffee that Neil was talking about, or maybe we can find some. (laughs) I'll make some for you. Okay. So, Neil, we were talking about companies going into negotiations and doing it alone. You said that our, uh, the companies need to make sure their attorney's there, correct? Yeah. When when a company goes through negotiations with other companies for for whatever uh, the the aspect of the deal is, when you usurp your your attorney and you don't involve your attorney, uh, you're you're basically going through this negotiation in 
in sole financial terms, uh, excluding any legal issues that you may have with that act, with that actual uh, agreement. And, and it could be tax law issues. It could be regulatory compliance issues. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a litany of issues that you could end up with if you don't have your counsel involved in, in that deal process with negotiations. And one little sentence inside the contract can make or break the whole thing. I've I've seen it happen. Uh, contracts missing a clause or contracts um, that that have a clause that's written incorrectly uh, could come back and really impact a deal. Yeah, and so you know this brings us into the regulations that businesses need to think about too. There, there's. Um, I know they're industry specific, but is there some industries that have special regula- regulations that we're thinking about? Like, um, there's you know automobiles, those kind of things. But then there's new industries that have popped up. There are. And so with this world we're living in now, there's a lot of regulations. Is there um, some you might be thinking of right at the moment? Well, the the two that your listeners are probably really thinking of are uh, cryptocurrencies and uh, and uh, CBD. And THC, the marijuana industry, is a big one right now, and and it's on a lot of people's minds because you've got uh, conflicting state and federal laws, uh, and that that touches on the regulations that these companies have to deal with. Um, you know, whether they're uh, a, a farm and grower of marijuana or uh, or whether they're a dispensary. Uh, not only do you have license issues, uh, uh, state license issues. Because you you obviously can't operate a, a marijuana facility if you don't have a state license to do so, but uh, but you've got issues with the federal government too. Uh, you've got SEC regulations that uh, prohibit your uh, offering of securities in in a marijuana company. So if you own a marijuana farmer dispensary and you want to grow and you need capital to do that, uh, you can't go and offer your securities to investors to uh, to to facilitate the necessary capital for growth because then you're automatically uh, violating SEC regulations. It's a challenge for a lot of small business owners because uh, in an industry such as marijuana, uh, you have uh, small businesses that are owning the vast majority of mm-hmm. these shops and, and, and the farms. Um, so, you know, what are they going to do? Where are they going to get money from? The banks aren't giving them loans for this. As a matter of fact, they can't be banking at all because of our financial regulations. So uh, FINRA regulations end up preventing them from actually being able to, to utilize uh, typical banking uh, practices that most companies can use because they're considered by the federal government to be an unlawful business. So uh, rather than having typical bank deposits, uh, nightly drops that you have with marijuana businesses, they are cash businesses and they keep cash on property in enormous safes. Uh, they, they aren't allowed to to facilitate transactions the same way that typical businesses can uh, can facilitate their but transactions. But they still got to pay taxes. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, the interesting that is the interesting conflict that that arises and you bring uh you raise a good point, Joe, is that although the federal government is telling us that you're operating in an 
in an unlawful business, we still want your tax money from your profits that you, that you have uh, gained from that unlawful business operation. Now, what do you think about that, Joe? <laughs> Catch 22. Okay. <laughs> But for the business owner, how frustrating do you think that is for a business owner to understand that a federal government is saying your business is unlawful, but we want your profits? Yes. And that's just, it, it, it doesn't make sense. It, oh, wait, it's it government. Doesn't it doesn't sense. have to make sense. <laughs> it's like education. So, you know, I was thinking about the, um, we have all these regulations, even like regulations of the land you lease. I mean, you have to make sure things follow the right paths. Well, and and like we were discussing during the break, uh, for instance, in Colorado, uh, the Marijuana Enforcement Division has to sign off on a lease uh, where the tenant has a license for uh, for a dispensary or for a a, a farm and a, a grow facility. Uh, so you, your property rights are somewhat diminished uh, in in these states that allow for uh, cannabis. Sales and, and growing than in states that uh, that they're not. Like for instance, in Texas, where we're sitting right now, uh, if you've got a warehouse and industrial space, you can go and lease that to a company that is operating in an industrial manner. Uh, the the state isn't going to tell you that they have to sign off on that. So your property rights are at a at a higher uh, amount than those in say, Colorado or California or Washington. Right. And, you know, the whole deal with CBD is new to Texas. So and right now it's just the oils we can have. Well, and C- CBD, there's a huge gray area in CBD because uh, every drop of CBD has tr- at least trace amounts of uh, of cannabis in it, of THC. Um, and and you can only test down to triple zero. So that means when you do your testing of CBD, uh, the the testing results can go as far back as 0.000 and then the numbers. So that's the, the percentage of the THC content within that CBD oil. And as we all know, uh, THC is, is illegal uh, because it's a, a scheduled drug by the federal government. So until Congress, the until Congress in Washington D.C., not not your state's Congress, but until our federal Congress makes a change to our drug laws, uh, CBD is in a gray area where uh, it's technically not legal, but you've got certain municipalities within states that are not prosecuting, and you've got certain municipalities that are. So, for instance, here in Dallas. Um, you don't have the same issues in with CBD as you do up in Lubbock, uh, where they're prosecuting CBD the same exact way that they're prosecuting THC and cannabis. So uh, if you're up in Lubbock and you like to vape CBD, you, you might have some issues. If you're here in Dallas and you're vaping CBD, you might be okay. So it's, it's hard for us as attorneys uh, to really uh, counsel clients on this because uh, with CBD, the, the area is so gray and, mm-hmm. it, and it really depends on, on how these municipalities want to prosecute. 
So we've got CBD stores all over the city here. Uh, other cities, not so much. And the reason is because the the cities are prosecuting them. And one of the you know one of the things we do want to talk about also touch on before before we go today is um, we want to talk about cryptocurrencies. I know it's very specific. We don't have a lot of time, but could you touch on that about how that the SEC looks at that and how crazy that is too? So Bitcoin was a, a, a huge boom uh, years ago and. Uh, and because of that, we have other cryptocurrencies that kind of followed and, and they did that tag along. Uh, this was this was a huge issue for the federal government because of all of the trading. And because all the trading, there were a lot of there's a lot of tax dollars that uh, were were uncollected by the federal government because you've got your basis in a cryptocurrency when you purchase it, and then you've got your gain when you sell it. So when your gain is higher than your basis, what you've done is you've created a taxable event where that gain is subject to income tax. And last year, the federal government, the SEC, released a publication and said cryptocurrencies are securities. We are regulating them. So now if you're trading crypto, if you're offering crypto, especially if you're offering cryptocurrencies, you are now subject to SEC regulation rules on offerings. Very interesting. We need to get more into that next time. So how can our audience get a hold of you, Neil? Uh, Social media, email, phone number. I've got a Facebook page, Goro Law. G-O-R-O-L-A-W, or you can get a hold of me at my website, and that's gorolawfirm.com. I have a Twitter account. It's uh, at gorolaw. And if you didn't get a chance to write that down, it'll be accompanying the podcast. So we want to thank Neil for being our guest today. And uh, go out there, meet the world head on. Make sure you call Neil and get some advice. And... uh, Go out there and don't surrender your business because you decided to make a mistake without getting legal help. Uh, Joe Chandler with Java with Joe. And uh, make sure and listen to us on the Offbeat Business app. Download it today and hear Java with Joe anytime you want. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, Joe, for having me. You've been listening to Java with Joe, highly caffeinated marketing perspective with host Joe Chandler. To be a guest or advertise your business on Java with Joe, contact 972 754 8994. Java with Joe is produced by Offbeat Business Media for the OBBM Network and Affiliates and is available at offbeatbusinessmedia.com. Listen to Java with Joe each Thursday on the Nines on OBBM Radio and OBBM Network Podcast. Also available on Google Play, iTunes, and your Offbeat Business app. Contact 972-754-8994 for guest and sponsor information today. Wouldn't it be great to skip mistakes that cost you time, frustration, and not throw money away? My name is Donna Merrill, founder of Business Untangled and the creator of the Making Life Less Taxing program. I find over 75% of business owners are making basic mistakes that cost them thousands and even tens of thousands of dollars every year, and they don't even realize it. With the Making Life Less Taxing program, you can avoid many of those initial mistakes business owners typically make. I'm excited to share the Making Life Less Taxing program so you can learn everything you absolutely need to know to make your business run smoother and life less taxing, giving you less stress and leaving more money in your pocket. 
Go now to businessuntangled.com or call us at 469-458-0447 to grab your spot in the Making Life Less Taxing program. There are only 50 of these coveted spots available and they are going quickly. So go now to businessuntangled.com and you can start enjoying the benefits of a profitable business today. You do your best to communicate how your company solves a specific problem, right? But it's easy to overlook the way your company sounds and the impression that leaves. I'm Melanie Murphy, a professional voice actor, and I'm ready to help your message stand out through a radio ad, a video on your website, or phone messaging for your company. Contact me today at MelanieMurphyVO.com to discuss your voiceover needs. That's MelanieMurphyVO.com. Mention this ad for an offbeat business show discount.